Welcome to Deep Well Astrology. I'm Allison Disler, a psychological astrologer and somatic educator. And in this podcast, we'll explore how astrology can illuminate our embodied consciousness and nourish our soul. Hey everyone, it's a celebration podcast session. As of today, July 21st, we've made it to the final podcast episode covering the topic of astrologically informed self-care. And I think the moon in Sagittarius is a perfect culmination point for our journey. Today, the actual moon is in Taurus, and we're creeping towards the end of cancer season with the sun at 28 degree cancer. Earlier this week, Mercury ingressed into Leo, and Venus moved from Gemini into Cancer. So we're moving towards the heart of Leo season and to the heart of the summer. Venus moving from Gemini into Cancer is both a slowing and a deepening. While Gemini brings up keywords for me like agility, movability, flexibility, and quickness, Cancer carries keywords such as stewardship, waters, moods, protection, and nurturance. You are likely aware of the house of your natal chart, which is represented by Cancer, especially since we just came through Cancer season. But now as the sun begins to shift houses for you, Venus comes through your Cancerian house to offer invitations to consider your desires. What do you want to steward or nurture? What do you desire within the topics of your Cancerian house? A Venus in Cancer might desire things like emotional bonds, a connection with the past or family, or feeling of nostalgia. A Venus in Cancer might desire connecting with the heart of what matters, especially within the intimacy with others. Or it may desire some topic, idea, or project to steward, work on, or nourish. With Mercury moving from Cancer to Leo, on the other hand, there is something that wants to be seen and expressed. The Leo archetype is about being seen. It's about recognition, expression, and being special, being noticed. We all have Leo somewhere in our chart. And often this part of our life is where we want or like to be seen or heard or noticed as special. While Cancer tends to be an inward or receptive energy, Leo tends to be expressive or projective. Sagittarius, too, is a projective archetype, a going outward or expanding kind of energy. It is a fire sign, a mutable fire sign ruled by Jupiter. As we continue with this episode, we'll look at how we can approach the topic of self-care and nourishment from the perspective of a moon in Sagittarius. If you go back to episodes 27 and 28 of this podcast, you can learn more in detail about how I interpret the moon in our natal charts and how we can look to it for clues on what we may feel to be emotionally nourished by. I think we all have different abilities to sense and know what is nourishing for ourselves and our souls. For those for whom emotional nourishment is intuitively unfamiliar, 
think about the words comfort, ease, curiosity, and belongingness. When something or someone or someplace evokes a feeling of comfort, ease, curiosity, and inspires a sense of belongingness, you may be on the track towards something like emotional nourishment. Emotional nourishment can also yield a feeling of satisfaction, a quiet, steady mind, a sense of contentedness or satiation. How do you define, feel, or know emotional nourishment for yourself? The moon sign and house placement in our chart can indicate and give clues and insights to the path of our emotional nourishment. Also, besides indicating emotional nourishment, it speaks to our emotional processing style, as well as our body, mind, or somatic self, especially fluid processes like digestion. Finally, it also speaks to the perception we have of our mother or primary care person and can indicate some early patterns of developmental nourishment. I always find it curious how the ways which we perceive our nourishment or nurturance early on has a correlation to what could potentially nourish us now. It's almost as if there's something perceptual in each of us that initiates our own looking and learning about nourishment right out of the starting gate. And that makes sense once we are born and each of us are faced with learning to navigate an earthly body, being on this earth. This is what our moon sign is partly about, this journey, this traveling journey. And yet at the same time, concurrently, we each have an innate blueprint of our own health because our cells know how to navigate on their own accord. If you're alive and you're listening to this, congratulations. You are in a place where you have lived, your wise body has grew itself, you've went through the process of nurturance to the point where you're able to do some organic processes without even thinking about them. They're happening all by themselves. As we move forward with specifics, consider for a moment that no matter what you learned, received, or did not receive from your primary care person or mother, you have succeeded in growing yourself and innately moving from an embryo to a functioning human being. That's a big deal. So with that being said, as a foundation, let's dive into the moon in Sagittarius. One of my favorite words for the Sagittarius archetype is gregarious. Now, if you look up the term gregarious, the definition will apply to social situations meaning a person who is social or outgoing. I also think it's possible that this is the case for other situations of gregariousness by this idea of being outgoing. I don't just picture that like at a party. It's just sort of this zest, this vitality, this vigor for life. I want to lift up the possibility that enthusiasm or this gregariousness or lust can also belong to this larger sphere of life itself. And I always equate that with things like the call to adventure, meaning, expansion, growth. So yes, outgoingness and also freedom. 
If you have a moon in Sagittarius, there's something about expansion, broadening horizons, adventure, or freedom that likely speaks to you. That not only speaks to you, but may be an important key to how you feel emotionally nourished. You may even feel like you're called to seeking or called to the adventure. Sagittarius is a mutable fire sign, and fire as an element is generally intuitive and often quick and expressive. There's a direct knowing about it. It's possible that you emotionally process in a direct, quick, and maybe expressive kind of way. It could incorporate one or all of the features we've already talked about. Passion, temper, all things fire. Expressiveness and displays of physical gestures or quick words may accompany a Sagittarius moon's emotional processing style. When it comes to emotional nourishment, a Sag moon is nourished by stewarding and following calls to adventure, play, fun, and freedom. And things like lifestyle, you know, lifestyle day-to-day that center on expansion, perhaps engaging in activities that have personal meaning or value that align with a personal philosophy or belief system. So there's also this sort of thirst for truth or quest, the pursuit or seeking of meaning through knowledge, religion, or philosophy can be nourishing. And also just to live a life that honors not necessarily the destination, but also the journey. So that unfolding expansion, the the journey lifestyle. Too many details may feel like a bog down or a slow down to someone with a lot of Sagittarius placements, especially if those details feel meaningless or seem meaningless. This is also because the pursuit of freedom, meaning, and individual truth is very central to the Sagittarius archetype. So you can see in a way, going back to the word gregarious, it's not that Sag moons are always outgoing in a strictly social party scene scenario. It's just that it's often a lot of this vital energy, this vigor, this outgoing or outward seeking vibe. In regards to nourishment, because this ever-expanding and seeking tendency, it can be helpful and nourishing for a Sag moon to learn when enough is enough for now. And what it feels like to say, I'm satiated. I've had enough right now. We'll talk more about some practicals in the last section of this podcast. If you have a Sag moon, some of the things we've talked about so far could also show up in regards to the perception of the mother or primary care person. This person may have been perceived as fun or gregarious, outgoing, maybe even social. Someone with a lot of outward expressive energy could have been perceived as scattered or always moving outward in pursuit of something or someone who could never be satisfied and just always wanting more. This primary care person could have engaged in sports, recreation, or games, or been involved in initiating a lot of sports, parties, or games for the family. Even being one of those primary care people that participated with their own children's sports, or um, even as a homeroom person, so someone just really involved in the in the vital aspects of the day-to-day activities. 
Another way this primary care person could have been perceived as someone who embodies the traits of a seeker, a truth pursuer, someone who had a genuine desire to look for the truth, someone in pursuit of knowledge, religion, or philosophical truths. Expansion, freedom, independence, and seeking simultaneously can live in the perception of the primary care person and be an important piece to how you, with a Sagittarius moon, can pursue astrologically informed self-care. From our discussion so far, do any of these keywords ring a familiar bell for you? If you could say or write in a few words your own list of keywords for what makes you feel emotionally nourished or most curious, comfortable, and centered in yourself, what would they be? It's worth a passing moment here to reflect on your perception of your primary care person or your mother and consider how Sagittarius plays into this perception. So if you have access to their natal chart, how much Sagittarius was actually included in their natal chart and how much was actually a part of your perception of them? Or was it a little bit of both? It can be helpful if possible if you have access to family birth charts to take a look and see what matches up. And that's why I think often in families, it seems as if if you have siblings that maybe one sibling had a different perception of the mother or father than the other. It's like there's different sets of parents for each sibling. There can be so much that you can look at in the complexity of intergenerational and family charts. And it can be refreshing to discover and to consider how other humans and our family have a complex web just like we do from an astrological point of view. So I hope this episode so far has got you thinking about maybe some keywords and some practical ideas about nourishment. One thing I want to go back to before I go into some things that you could practically try or get involved in to work with nourishing your Sagittarius moon. What I said earlier about this idea of both the Sagittarius archetype being seeking and outgoing and this possibility that part of nourishment has to do with asking oneself every now and again, do I feel complete or can I feel complete for now or can I feel satiated for now? And I want to lift up that this doesn't mean necessarily stopping anything, but it's just about putting pauses in the seeking or pauses in the pursuit so that you're not restraining or holding anything back or containing things, but you're just putting in those gaps or those those questions. You know, you don't want to eat every single meal that you're going to eat for your life in one sitting, right? We have this way that we can still pursue delight and enjoyment but have a pacing to it. So we're able to digest. So as we go into this last section, I'm going to talk about some practical ways you might go about augmenting care or connection with your Sagittarius moon. When I work with clients, I often talk about feeding or nourishing our moon selves. And this is what I mean. Like you might care for plants and animals and elements of your home, so too can we take care to notice and feed our different archetypal elements in our astrological chart. This helps to balance our life and our community of archetypal energy. So if you haven't thought of anything quite yet to feed that Sagittarius moon, 
I'll suggest a few practical ways you can start to nourish or think about nourishing the moon. If one or more seems curious and fun, give it a go, explore. You can also augment or amend any of these suggestions as you like. So the first one, consider participating in game play with others, especially in the physical realm. This may be in the form of recreational sports or an outdoor hiking or adventure club, like rock climbing or group backpacking. Maybe you feel more drawn to a physical discipline that also includes an eye-to-mind-body connection, like Aikido martial arts or jujitsu, maybe Tai Chi. If you're not physically inclined, you may consider things like live-action role-playing or even things like Dungeons and Dragons or other long quest-like kind of games or fantasy or role-playing games. These kind of activities help to feed the adventuresome spirit as well as the playful, energetic, gregarious part of your Sagittarius placement. A second possibility is that you might nourish your Sagittarius moon by practicing and deepening your religious or philosophical practice also could be a spiritual practice. What brings you meaning and truth to your life? Where do you feel you can go or be with to feed that part of you that is questing for depth, truth, and meaning? If you look out and have nothing yet to fill this space, consider exploring through writing or meditation or maybe going on some walk. What feels true for you to pursue? You might come back to this exercise, just asking that question to yourself. What feels true for me to pursue? So how can your pursuits come from a place of depth and meaning? You may do this once every couple months. Maybe ask yourself once at the change of seasons and just stay in connection with the deepest truth, the heart of your truth. And finally, a third suggestion is take an adventure trip. And it could be small, it could be epic, but some suggestions are drive a new way to work or take a different form of transportation. You could walk, bicycle, you could ride a bus. If you always drive, you could even just go a different way. You could also go on a walk somewhere new or go somewhere familiar with new eyes instead of just going the same way in your city, you could go around the block or you could go just thinking with an intention, adventure some intention in mind. Just go and see what you can listen to or let your eyes be drawn. Play a little game with your walk. Let yourself be inspired to adventure. You could also go ahead and take that epic adventure. So what is it that you've always been wanting to do? Even starting to think about that or just get the map or get this idea. What What are you seeking in your adventure travel when's the last time you took a day trip when's the last time you jumped in the lake when is the last time you felt that you've done something adventuresome and you know it could be a little risky and for some of us risky is like i'm not going to plan anything on friday night or i'm going to go to a brand new restaurant and order something i've never had so you know shaking things up a little bit, getting out of the rut. Think about words like spontaneity and vivifying. You can steward and cultivate your inner urge for adventure. 
And if you think about this, every time you have it, you might say something like, oh, that must be my moon calling. So you remember that there's something important in this because it can be so easy to overlook things like fun and adventure, you know, to get down to work or get to things that are, quote, important. But these are really important aspects to any Sagittarius placements that you do have. So be creative. What could happen if you open to the possibility of a little adventure every day? Until next time, breathe deep, linger long.